Hey, welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm hanging out with some guys that I've known for about 110 years. And if there's a title to this thing, it's just uh, three old guys who can't get over the past. But actually, the subtitle is, we think there's some stuff we experienced that would really benefit you younger guys as you're facing what we faced at the time, which was a big title change when the world seemed to be turning against the church and the church was all screwed up and upside down. And, and we experienced some kind of interesting things and we want to pass that on to you. And uh, so I just want to say, Randy Weir and Mike Howard, hi, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Okay, now I'm going to do it for YouTube. I'm going to try and do the same darn thing. So, <laughs> hey, welcome. Welcome to this YouTube video. This one's really special because I get to hang out with some really old friends of mine. We've been around for around 100 years or something. And uh, God has blessed our lives in some unusual ways. He's taken us down a lot of different pathways. Uh, but we came up in ministry. Uh, these are some of the first members of the First Hope Chapel. I mean, they showed up like the second or third weekend and uh, have gone on and done some incredible things. And uh, we think that we got some stuff to share with you. I mean, actually, this is kind of three old guys who can't get over the past and are still talking about it. But actually, in our past, we lived in tumultuous times. Uh, the world was blown apart. Uh, president had been killed. Martin Luther King had been killed. Uh, every, everything was really upside down in the church. And, and then we saw God do a new thing. And we think that's what he'd like to do today. And because God is consistent, we think some of the stuff we experienced when we were young uh, would be something that's apropos to you guys today. And so I just want to say, you know, welcome to this YouTube thing. Uh, Randy and Mike, thanks for being here. Good to be yeah. here. Thank you. Here. The way that I remember it, and you guys probably remember it differently, is that... Um, um, Mickey and Susie were the first members of our church in that uh, they had found the Lord, got all excited, uh, uh, were going to another church, but when they heard that what we were doing, I was friends with Susie's brother, uh, Ron, and um, through Ron, they found out about what we were going to do, and they asked. It was, it was so encouraging to me. I was so scared getting ready to start this church. Would it be okay if we came to your church? I was at their mom's house, Susie's mom's house. And uh, so they qualify as the first members because Ruby and I and Mickey and Susie went down and cleaned the place up, mopped the floors and whatever. So that was the first church meeting, I guess. But on the first Sunday, we had like 12 people. And, and of course, one of them was uh, Susie. And uh, she brought her friend, Tony Corbett. And a guy named Spencer Morris and I went to Tony's house and shared the Lord with her. And she prayed with us that week and and uh and, and showed up the next week and and brought you guys and uh, from my understanding you had had an experience with the lord shared the lord with tony and then you had a bad experience in a kind of a traditional church where you tried to go and they kind of turned you away that was the story that i heard and um and you know you didn't dress right you didn't look like right you look like little hippies or whatever and and so you kind of went back to the old ways. And then because of Tony, you, you got involved in our church. Bring me up to date. Is that right, wrong, or whatever? 
the only other church I remember we were going to, and I guess I, I won't mention it, but it was uh, Ultra Pentecostal. You remember uh, Howie? Yep, I do. <laughs> it was downtown Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, I, I think Mike and I had a little bit of discernment kind of at the beginning. And it just it, it just wasn't a right fit. You know what I'm saying? And I had been talking to Tony. I mean, she went to the same high school my wife went to, Culver City High School. And uh, I would always go down there and pick up Janet because I was already graduated. And I was sharing with her about the last days all the time, just scaring scaring you know the life out of her and stuff and she kept going real is this real and using the kick tracks and stuff and i said yep it is real and stuff so uh you know i mean that got her really stirred up and i think you know the the thing was you know she was driving her and and uh one of her friends god i can't remember who it was was it patty i don't know they were driving to nasa men almost fell asleep on her and and they almost crashed, and all of a sudden, at least how Tony always told me, is she just looked over and goes, we need to get saved right now. <laughs> just kind of asked the Lord, you know, to do that. But, I, you know, I, I didn't go to a, a, a different kind of a traditional church. We just knew it, it just wasn't right. It, you know, we just knew. And later on, I'm going to tell you something. It, it, I, had, I had two of my brother-in-laws that went there, and we felt it was somewhat cultish, wasn't it, Mike? And, and we knew, yeah. and they, they were talking about buying property out in Arizona. I'm going, oh, my gosh, Lord. And I just kept praying, and Mike was praying that, you know, the place would fall apart. They fell apart, and both of them ended up coming to Hope Chapels. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, that was the great thing. And they're both still serving Jesus with all yep. of their hearts and stuff. But, you know, yeah, Tony told us about you know, this church, you know, we're going, you know, me and Mike are always going, well, maybe that's the one we need to go to. And, I, and didn't we yeah. come up Wednesday night, Mike? What happened? What did, or something? Maybe it was a Wednesday night. We might have been surfing in the morning. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Spencer was, I think Spencer was teaching, you know, and just a couple of us around and, and we went, wow, this is, this is good stuff. You know, crazy stuff wasn't yeah. going. And it was just, you know, down to earth and just, it seemed just real accepting. You know what I mean? Me and Mike, I'm sure, I think we probably had pretty long hair back then. We had hair. <laughs> yeah, yes, you had hair, but you had long hair. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. so Tony has gone on. I mean, she's she was a missions director of Hope Chapel in Kihei, Maui. Uh, she ran the children's ministry, uh, her husband. Jason, uh, who's passed away, did some incredible things. He was kind of the resident theologian in the church, but uh, we were all kind of hippified in those days. It was it was really good times. It was fun. Yeah. The other the other thing we did was we uh, we worked uh, in the LA area because that's where we were living with uh, Dwayne Dwayne Peterson and the Jesus People Movement, and uh, we became in, involved with those guys, which also kind of gave us a, a, another site of church because while it wasn't a church, it wasn't the Holy Roller Church that we were going to in downtown LA. And we saw, okay, so there's something else. I mean, some of the people there were really, were really awesome, but uh, the church, church services themselves were a little much. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so we, we were just more comfortable. And, uh, and I did, I remember hearing the, uh, the the verse repeatedly that uh, about the long hair thing, and Randy yeah. and I had long hair. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they did 
they didn't like that. And they were kind of trying to put us into, I think they were wearing, you're right. I mean, you know, so it wasn't just a kind of traditional thing, but kind of wanting to wear suits and all that kind of stuff. And yep. both our brother-in-laws, you know, or my brother-in-laws, they, they kind of got pushed on into that stuff. And, and they, I mean, you know, they came under that stuff and we were just going, there's something wrong about this, man. It, it, it shouldn't be like that, you know? And like Mike said, with yeah. the way Peterson and the Jesus movement and the, we go to the con, everybody look like us. And, uh, oh man, it was, it was good times, really good times. You know, I had uh, known Dwayne Peterson for a, a couple of years by the time we started the church, you know, mm -hmm. he had done the Hollywood free paper. Yep. Uh, right. It was amazing. You know, every, every other Thursday they would print this little, you know, it was like two sheets of paper, tabloid newspaper. Yeah. And he had started out, he'd, he'd gotten 5,000 of them printed out of his own pocket. The, the centerfold was just a big scripture written in a felt pen. And then what had happened that was there was a couple of prostitutes living across the street or walking the streets across from where he lived. And he, um, he, had, he was an unemployed children's TV actor. He, he'd been doing stuff in the Midwest. He came out to Hollywood. And he saw these two <laughs> working the street and this pastor comes out and starts scolding them at big church, a traditional church. And he, and they stay on the street. A couple minutes later, he goes back in the building. And then about 20 minutes after that, the cops roll up and, and pull the girls off the street. And that frustrated him. And so he <clears> starts <throat> praying, what can I do? And he came up with this idea of this Jesus newspaper. The first one was just one sheet of paper folded over like a tabloid and uh he gave him away in two days well then the thing got going and so there was a guy named dale yancey who was his cartoonist and uh dale ended up being our youth pastor many years later and and Dwayne was uh the driver behind this thing and you, you could buy him for a nickel a piece and then give him away and so we our our youth group in the san fernando valley We'd do car washes and whatever, and we'd raise money. And then we'd go and buy several hundred of these things. And we're, our kids were at Granada Hills High School. It was the biggest high school in the country at the time. And they just like, they had a little paper route. Every kid would go in with 30, 40, you know, in, in the homeroom in the morning, pile them on his desk and the kids would come take them. And they, they knew that every two weeks those were coming and people were getting saved. And, and so I was in awe. Of, of Dwayne and Dale and these guys and and that they accepted me because I was a little straight boy you know and coming up out of this Bible college it was, <laughs> and I mean when you guys met me I was like weird and um, but today it's it's interesting because Dale is he's planted several churches I think he lives in Kentucky his wife is becoming quite the novelist but Dwayne is an Orthodox Greek Greek Orthodox. Yep. Uh, priest today you, you see all these paths that you know god takes us down but yeah i, I remember those days i a couple of things that stand out in in my mind i always remember that randy you were mr positive about everything you're always uh uh and, and you're like this really gifted evangelist and uh you're always talking to people about the lord and that was always exciting to me and then mike i i remember you it, when when you first came i was scared of you because you're you're an intimidating looking guy and and I, I don't know if you remember this but there was a day there's a little side door in the church and I you're do. trying to open this crash bar and and it wouldn't open and so 
you know, here you are, your flaming red hair and and your motorcycle boots or whatever. And I'm over there uh, in my little suit and tie trying to help you open the door. And, and you cussed at it and kicked it and it got a hole in it. And I went home that day and I'm going, God, why did you send me this place? I, I just, I'm not what these people need. Um, do you remember that? Talk, I, mean, I do. Talk about those days. I, yeah, uh, I, I do. I, uh, to, say the, to say the least of any of us, I had the most anger issues. That's for yeah. sure. Randy will testify to that. Uh, <laughs> I'll testify to that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, it comes from a, a lot of my background. Uh, but uh, that, uh, I do remember the door incident. But, uh, you know, what, what the thing, the, the big thing was with that was that, you know, I wasn't like, you, you know, you did a good job of, of hiding that you were afraid. Yeah. Because I, I never perceived that. And, yeah. you know, I, I still felt accepted in, in spite of uh, my, the issues I had at the time, for sure. Uh, which, of course, uh, kind of segued into my best friend at the time, who everybody was really afraid of. Yeah. Because yeah, he, he was on parole. Uh, he'd done several years in the California Correctional Institute. And uh, the funny thing is, I was never afraid of him. But everybody else was. But then I guess pretty, yeah, I, we were friends. So, uh, and, and even after I got saved, you know, we, I, you know, and you remember, I come to church, I pray for my friend and I was witnessing to him and pray for my friend, witnessing to him. And I had no idea when he finally said he was going to come to church that his intent was to beat you up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. So, but instead he gets saved. Yeah. So, uh, and then of course, you know, that, that, you know, I, I, I spoke with my friend, he had uh, introduced some other guys that were a little younger uh, than Randy and I to drugs, felt like he needed to go back and start. I mean, he went back and shared with everybody that, you know, wouldn't walk away from him about the Lord. I mean, he just did a 180. And uh, so that guy gets saved. Uh, and some of the other guys, uh, he and I, uh, the guy that my friend had witnessed to he and I eventually become very good friends also. Uh, and I was actually in his wedding uh, before he and his wife uh, took off uh, for South America, which today is they started out with the intent of only training indigenous pastors. Yeah. And that, you know, the story, it turned into uh, they, they were no longer allowed to go by the government into the back country because of the terrorists uh, back there. And God eventually had him uh, start a small fellowship, which, Today's a very large fellowship and planted hundreds of churches. So just, you know, the testimony of one person's life can do amazing things when you don't just get them saved and cut them loose. Yeah. Because if I didn't stay engaged, if we didn't stay engaged with those people, well, they got a fire insurance policy, they're saved. Yeah. And that, and that seems to kind of be where the church has fallen into today is a, a fire insurance policy. And then, you come on Sunday, it's a big show, everybody sits in rows, there's no fellowship, um, there, there's something really missing. I want to get back and talk about your friend that came to beat me up because he's one of my heroes. Uh, there, there was about 10, 12 of you guys that you don't know this because you're younger than me by about maybe seven years. And um, I really was, you know, I grew up in church, I grew up, you know, suit and tie, straight arrow kind of thing. I went to a Bible college where 
uh, you couldn't wear jeans to school. You, you know, uh, they tried to make you we wear do know. A, a, a tie every every Friday to class, and 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 that nonsensical, stupid stuff. It was just regimented, and 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 I gave into it. Uh, you know, I mean, for a little while, I remember rebelling. I'd wear the same shirt for two weeks. Just it stunk. I just that was my way of going. I can't wear jeans. I'm going to show you. But I, I ran to a guy named Jerry Cook right after my freshman year. And I helped him. Uh, he took over a little church of 25 people. It was a broken down building. Uh, we had actually old U.S. Army blankets, those old wool blankets they had in World War II on safety pins attached to wires. And they'd stretch them across the auditorium, which had pews. And I, I taught everybody in Sunday school from age uh, 12 to 36, that was my group. Right behind me, behind a blanket, was somebody with the kids and, it, and they're making noise and I'm trying to talk and it was nuts. But that little church grew from my first day there, there were 27 people. My last day, which was like 10 weeks later, there were 72 people. And that went on to be a church of like 9,000 and all that. But Jerry wrote a book uh, called Love, Acceptance and Forgiveness. And that sucker marked me. And I think what you guys encountered is what's missing in the church today. You know, we, we got all these little qualifiers. And one of which is you got to pray the prayer. If you didn't pray the prayer, you're out. If you did pray the prayer, you're in. I, I think it's a bunch of shades of gray. You know, you're, you follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, that's kind of what happened with Tony and you guys. That's what happened with your friend that came to beat. The pastor, he really followed you into Christ, um, but it's it, we we got to get back to the simplicity of of basically friendship. You can't make disciples unless you make friends. Comment you know, on that a little bit. Randy's, you know, been steadfast in the Lord all these years, you know, and uh, and I was fortunate when I went through a dark time in my life, and uh, I was able to get re, uh, in touch with Randy again. Uh, some years later, and um, my journey back, you know, my journey back had already started, uh, but uh, when I came back, I was looking for what what was there, and it was gone. Uh, that community, I mean, we were a community within the church, living out our faith in the community, which brought the community in and grew fellowships. Uh, so, you know, this, uh, and I've become somewhat of a, what you might call in one of your books, a cultural Christian. Uh, you know, I mean, I had been going to church and, you know, I serve here and there and I do that. Uh, but the fire really wasn't there. And, uh, you know, getting, getting, actually getting back in touch with you was kind of like almost giving me permission uh, to start again. We went out with a uh, a group to a skate park and the pastor encouraged everybody to hey go out and support these guys my wife and i are the only ones that show up besides the three pastors and the high school coordinator and maybe a couple parents but there was one guy there was one guy that was really engaged and he was just walking around witnessing to anybody that talked talked to him and uh so we became and and uh and so that was that guy and then there were a couple girls that did talk to some other people and this was cool because two people did pray to receive the lord the junior high coordinator went over and actually asked my wife and I to come over and stand with them. And we prayed with those guys. And, and this is what I talk about, about getting them saved and cutting them loose. There's your fire insurance policy. See ya. Kind of like an insurance salesman. 
Okay, good. Uh, I don't want to see you again until your premiums do. Uh-huh. Same kind of thing. And he was just going to you know, walk away. And I just leaned over and I said, why don't you get his contact information? Oh, yeah. You know, so now he could try and stay in touch. So I'm hoping that there's some follow-up. There were guys there that were probably won't come to church. These guys were talking to these different guys and they actually were interested. They were engaged and said, hey, come back anytime. They may not come to our church, but if we go back, we can engage them. But my wife said, yeah, we should just go back and see if we can find that, that especially that one guy and sit down and talk with him some more. So we'll do that. You know, I, I, I have a plan for you because another guy did it. There's a guy named Justin in Hawaii and he and his wife, Sarah, they, uh, they, they started going to a skate park, kind of like what you just experienced, but they started going back and bringing, they go to Costco and buy a case of those bottles of water, you know, for like yep. what, 60 cents a bottle or something. Right. And they just hang out at the skate park. He, he was young enough. He was a skater too. He, he was, you know, he was an old man compared to the kids that were there, but he was young enough to, to, you know, do some tricks, but they just give water to everybody. And one thing it turned into another, they, they brought one, bought one of those little pop-up shade tents and they do yeah. the water from there. And, and so kids, you know, they get dehydrated and these guys become their friends. They ended up starting a church at the skate park. There were like 50, 60 kids that would sit around and do a, you know, get in the word every, every week. It was, it was kind of like the, those days that we went through where, you know, yes. you, you go to some event and some people are out sharing the Lord and somebody's over sitting on the grass with a guitar and pretty soon a little crowd goes. And even I saw it where people come up and go, well, what are you guys doing here? And that was the open door to, to share the gospel. 